Chris. Yo. 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 You excited? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Why aren't you excited? Yeah, game one. Are you serious? It's a big <laughs> night. Big night. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, we, we got keys. We got keys to the game coming up. Oh, you do. You've got keys to the game. Oh, man. Top five keys. Cappy and I, we even went over them together, actually. Wait a minute. So there was actually a call with all three of you? you no, Lindsay? just me and Cappy. Oh, just you and Cappy. Yeah, yeah. So this Lindsay was, like, was excluded this was, from this. This was hardcore basketball talk. Mace. Really? Well, we, talked, we talked before they talked. Okay, yeah, I got yeah. it. Got right. it. Yeah, but yeah. hardcore, Mace. Hardcore. I knew Lindsay had to be in there somewhere. No, so. Lindsay was in the pre-conversation, but Cappy and I had the conversation. Because it's weird is you, uh, your show works a little bit like ours in that it, it sounds like, George, you talk to Lindsay, but Cappy doesn't. And I no, talk, I talk to, to Gr- Cappy every day. Do I you talk, talk to, to Cappy every day? I talk to George. We just can't all three talk together because otherwise it takes way too long. Oh, plus there's the Cappy <laughs> cast and all that stuff. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. We got to work around the Cappy yeah. cast. So right. the keys to the game, there are five of them, huh? Yeah, five big keys, Mace. Ireland, what's your biggest key to the game? Anthony Davis. See, I think it's if he that plays, easy. If he plays defense the way he played in the last Memphis game, the Lakers are going to win tonight. But that's a big if. It's a, it's harder for him because Memphis took the ball to the rim and the yeah. Warriors shoot a lot of threes. He can't block threes. So, so that that's are, why I think it comes down to. So how much money are you willing to spend tonight on people if they approach you? I heard that earlier. Yeah, Ireland. Yeah, well, if they, if they find if they find me, I, I if the Lakers win the game and they find me, I'm the drinks are on me. Where is this going to be? I don't know. I'm going to be out about. I'm going to be out in the city. You're going to hit the clubs? Yes. After a win, you hit the clubs. <laughs> yes. Wait, wait, wait. Remember the last time that happened with you and Sliwa in Vegas, okay? Yeah, I know. I, I dropped going... a bunch of money. I, I, I don't think I'll drop that much, but who knows? Are you yeah. planning on going to a gentleman's club this evening? I, oh, no, I'm not planning club. on it, but if the Lakers win, all bets are off. Okay. Wow. <laughs> any suggestions? Anybody here have any gentlemen's clubs for uh, uh Well, you know, here? I am in San Francisco, Cap, so there's a different meaning to gentlemen's club up here, if you know oh, what I mean. No, I didn't. Well, no, that's um, not... That that's not the same thing. You're not, well, going, I, to, you're not going to the Castro. I don't even know what that is. No, I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I jumped the gun last night when uh, when Philadelphia beat Boston. I texted Sedona right away, and I said, oh, my God, Miami's going to the finals. And, George, you're, you were right. You, you immediately texted me back, hold on. Jimmy Butler's ankle is the size of a grapefruit. <laughs> and yep. now we find out Jimmy Butler's out tonight. Yeah. Did, could he be out for the whole series? No, no. I, I, their, their next game is Saturday. I, I would be stunned if he didn't play in, on Saturday. But because um, he's also a crazy person. But there, yeah, I, I think that all these series are interesting right now because think about it. Um, you know, the Heat one and the, the Sixers one, we were on the air when that thing happened last night, and you text me. It was wild. Even Cappy was into it. Well, we were actually at a commercial break when Harden hit the three-point shot, and Sedona was going crazy, losing his mind, and then we got back on the air, and he did like a full play-by-play as if he was sitting courtside. So it was hard not to be excited, George. I was sitting right next to Kevin Harlan, who was watching it on TV. Right between the eyes! Ireland, I found your spot. It's called Garden of Eden. This is the <laughs> name of the... It's on Broadway in San okay. Francisco. And here's the one-line review from Tony S. in Santa Clara. Mm-hmm. Is, this, is this like the Peppermint this is like Yeah, this is like the Yelp review. Okay. This place is one of the trashiest strip clubs I've ever been to. Nice. Perfect. That's the one-line review? Perfect. That's the one-line review. He That's gave it five need. stars, by the way. Sounds like See, my I, kind of place. Yeah. I was looking up. There was a place that I uh, I had heard about, not that I'd ever been, of course, 
Uh, the Castro? Called, called no, called Mitchell Brothers. Oh, but yeah. I just looked them up. Well, Mitchell and, Brothers is a movie theater. Well, yeah, but it also became kind of a gentleman's club. And then, oh, did it? Apparently, they were struggling financially before COVID, and then through COVID, they were never able to reopen. So that's sort of a sad tale. It is a sad. Why are you bringing us down? Well, I didn't know. I mean, I was gonna, I was looking it up to, so I could give John the address and make a suggestion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, San Francisco's a fun town, a great food town. I, oh my God! Yeah. You never mention any restaurants in San Francisco, John. We're like we're. There's no equivalent of Gus's fried chicken. There's no, no, oh, no, 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 no Chinese no. food in San yeah, Francisco. I'm going oh, out. Yeah. Uh, my college roommate lives here, and we're going out, uh, what's tonight, Tuesday? We're going out tomorrow night, Wednesday night. So I'll, ha- I'll have a place for you on Thursday. So I don't I, know where he's taking it. I lived in San Francisco for six months. I did a job, and I think it's a fantastic town. When was this? This would have been in 2003. And a friend of mine up there does morning radio. Her name is Sarah Clark, and she has a show called Sarah. She had a show called Sarah and Vinny. It was on a radio station called Alice. Did you play Vinny? Um, Vinny went to rehab, and Sarah said, hey, can you come up here and fill in for Vinny while he's in rehab? Mm -hmm. So I did six months up there of morning radio in San Francisco, and it was really, really fun. Well, I'll tell you this. There's one of my favorite. I went to this place with PJ Carlissimo. Um, One of my. The place you're about to discuss has wine. That's all I know. Oh, there's no question. an Italian (laughs) restaurant, too. There's two places that that we went to. One is more upscale. The other one is more down home family, but both excellent. Both obviously Italian food because you know that's his thing. But if you want something more upscale while you're there, John, Seven Hills in Knob Hill, out of control. Okay, Knob Hill is fancy. Yeah, and then uh, Pazia is closer to the arena. And if you call Massimo. And you let them know that uh, the the ESPN folks, including PJ, told you to go. They'll keep it open late for you. Okay. I got wined and dined one time in San Francisco. By whom? By By a radio station in Seattle. Their corporate offices were in San Francisco. So they flew me to San Francisco. And on a Saturday afternoon, they took me in a limo with uh, the owner of the company and his wife, me, and some very attractive girl. They, they were trying to, to bait you into <laughs> coming. They little the did girl? they know. They, right. they the, brought the girl with them? You know yeah. what it is? It's a little too cold up there for me, man. What was it, like a recruiting trip? It like was a, a recruiting trip, and I th- honestly think that they she was she was uh, not there. Well, she was there for me. How long ago was this? But they oh, So they, they didn't know. Yeah, yeah. No, they had no idea. Oh, it was yeah. like 25 well, years ago. Well, that's why yeah. I'm asking. And I we went to wine country, here. and no, oh, there was wow. no... Yeah. So wait, so even though she was there, and yep. even though she was there for you, yes, and even though you were the star that they were trying to hire, correct? You didn't woo. go. You didn't just do it. No, I was not. No, I did not. Because I've heard you I was talk wooable. about right, but I've heard you talk about um, girls in your past. Yes, yes. So this, like, you there were women in my past. Yes, but by this time you're already past them. Yes. When I met correct. Mason, he was living with a woman. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I was with women until I was twenty six years old, mm-hmm. and then you just were like, "Hey, no more. That's <laughs> I'm, it. I'm done pretending. Cold turkey. <laughs> I'm done Cold turkey. Out on women. <laughs> I'm done pretending. <laughs> I'm done pretending. I like <laughs> these girls. <laughs> I'm done with these girls. Oh. Mason, you, I know you grew up in Ohio and you yeah. lived in New York, but that's too cold up there, man. It is cold up there, and it's also rainy. It's underrated yeah, it's for the too, amount of rain yeah, they get. Too many gray it's days very overcast for me. right now. I lived yeah. at Baker Beach, so you could see the Golden Gate Bridge from there. It's on the Presidio, and yeah. honestly, it's it's behind mist all the time. It's yeah. always cloudy yeah. and misty and 
But you see on those good days, those good days. Oh, they're beautiful. Beautiful. You're like, oh, I could live here. You go over to Marin. Yeah, it's like freezing and gray. Mill Valley, great time. I used to do yoga in Mill Valley. It's beautiful up there. Oh, yeah? The Marin County is beautiful. Yeah, Marin County is pretty. Um, But yeah, it's too cold for me, man. Yeah, too cold. Too cold. I'm telling you right now, L.A. was too cold this winter. I mean, it, it was, was cold. A, it it's was still cold. cold. Yeah, it was still cold today. I mean, this I, morning I, when I went out for for a hike, I was like, yeah. man, it's, it's like 50 degrees. What is going on here? I'm still wearing a puffy jacket. And everybody's teasing me about my puffy. The thing is, is that like everything that I have is in my two pockets. So I can't be without this jacket. And I haven't transitioned from like a puffy winter jacket to some sort of other thing that can hold all my crap. Like a like a fanny pack. You know, yeah, and now... One of those little Jansport bags that you well, wear over your shoulders and... Yeah, I got one of those fanny packs when we were out at Yamava from the One Love IE guys, and I keep putting it on, and I stand in front of the mirror, and yep. I'm like, I don't think I can really pull this off. It is still... I mean, it's still jacket weather. I mean, I honestly, I... And, Cappy, you've noticed yeah. my array of jackets. Impressive. Yeah. I'm a jacket collector. I've got oh, a yeah, bunch you of are. Them. All right. Yeah. Now, By the way, we have breaking news. news. Oh, breaking news. Uh-oh. All right, Wait here we second. go. Joel Embiid is the MVP. Oh, yeah, not surprising. Not surprising. Yeah, I mean, he, de- he, yeah. he deserves it. Yeah, he's great. Um, I mean, it right. could have been one of three guys. But more right? importantly, um, I want you guys to give an opinion, uh, Sonano and Cap. Uh, Mason claims, and he's very proud, that he sounds just like an elephant in this clip. Now, mm-hmm. here is, first of all, uh, Jorge, play what an actual elephant sounds like. All right, so that's an actual elephant, mm-hmm. uh, elephant uh, George and uh, Cap. Here is what Mason sounds like. Now, I say that sounds like a very sick elephant. I think it's elephant. pretty close. What do you say? I would say it sounds like an elephant, like in like a cave or something, you know, but, where there's but, like an echo. But I had no, like, I had no clue the question was coming. It's like just do an elephant or do do an animal. Elephant popped into mind. That's what I came up with. And I don't think it's all that far off. This elephant right here, this guy right here. Is this an elephant from like a uh, circus or, or a zoo? Is this a wild elephant? I mean, wild kind of elephant. elephant. It's an Asian elephant. By the way, Laura's saying, yeah, nailed it. Okay, so that's a, No, that's a, Laura, aren't no, you no, saying she, she, is that she, she, She's saying the opposite. She's putting her finger on her nose. She's saying, yes, nailed it. No, I, on the she nose. Meant you stink. Oh. That's an elephant. Wait, Mason, Mason sounds like Steven Tyler. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> 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 Don't want to close my eyes. Yeah, that's Steven some Tyler of the doing some elephant. of the stupidity we were up to today. You got to loosen. Th- everybody's nervous. Like this is. The, I'm not. The thing about the Lakers being in the playoffs, and you guys know this, is that the whole town is like tuned in. Like, can you feel the number of people who may not normally listen to us? listening to us because the Lakers are alive and, and we're doing in a elephant series Negative. and we're doing elephant sound. Negative. Negative. No, sir. That's why Cappy and I are starting with our five most important things in the series. I think that's the five smart. keys. We yeah. did we did uh, seven. We did seven keys. Oh you did, you did yeah, seven we did keys. Seven two keys us. earlier. Not just one up this year two at one thirty we did seven keys. And when yeah. then we're adding Did you really we're adding wow. three keys tomorrow. Yeah. 
You're gonna get so that'll be keys? up to ten keys. Ten keys, yeah. huh? Ten yeah. keys to well, the series. at one thirty. I mean, Bergman. Although I don't ever really actually think that what Bergman writes here is actually accurate it's on not. these rundowns. It's never right. Because he says Draymond Green talked about how Steph had such a powerful speech before Game Seven, and they knew they were going to win. Mason tries to give a motivational speech over the newsroom theme. John now gives his own speech over the newsroom theme, and there will be one game that we call the Austin Reeves game. It says here, according to Bergman, that's what you did at one thirty. The Austin Reeves game. Yeah, tonight's the Austin Reeves game. That's what I called for because that's what we did at one thirty. Yeah, and by the way. That is that is exactly what we did. Oh, there you go, Bergman. <laughs> he, you guys aren't doing uh, wagering lessons again today? Yeah, I've got – uh, no, I, I – but I do have uh, 30,000 mythical dollars on the Lakers plus the four and a half. Yeah. Now, tell me about the 2 o'clock call of the day. Were they good? Not uh, great today. They were not Anybody great. Anybody ask you how you're doing? Yeah, nobody asked us how we're doing, mm-hmm. uh, which was good. Uh, but they were more like questions instead of like rant. Like a, we, like a rant. That, you, want, you, want, you want to rack them. Yeah, we want to rack them. We want the the we want a really huge call. Yesterday, yeah. the guy was going for so long. You you were finally like, all right, enough with you already. All right, goodbye. Yeah. I actually left the <laughs> studio. I was like, this guy's fine. On his own. <laughs> I don't, I don't See, even need to contribute. When Cappy and I get going, we just play the old uh, Guns and Roses, and we just rack ourselves. Yep, yeah, that's right. A lot of racking lately. <laughs> what we do after a great, a great call. <laughs> there you go. Just do the elephant sound. The elephant sound exactly. So, John. Um, well, what I just time are you headed to, to the arena? Actually, uh, my bus leaves in ten minutes. Oh, oh okay, then you're fine. Yeah. And you're not you're not like jumping out of your skin like crazy I'm excited. excited. No, I I can't wait. I for a second round series. This is when's the last time you called the second? Well, the bubble, right? It was the last time you called the second yeah. round series, and then yeah. before that, 2013. But I mean, in right. the bubble, yeah. you weren't you weren't actually there. So this is actually there in the middle yeah. of it. I mean, right. Against the defending champs, yeah, it's cool. And yes, by the way, it, it, I, I have no great. issue with Michael if he would choose Clay. And I know that the one team, the team pays him, but blood is thicker than water, man. Yeah, I think that if it came down to it, like if it was Game Seven and the Lakers were up by two, and Clay had the game-winning three in the air, that if you put Michael on a lie detector, he would want it. To oh, play. come on, blood of is course. thicker than water. Of course, yeah, nobody yeah. blame. Nobody will blame either way. He's, no he, way. No, he's no. saying the right things. He says he can't lose because no matter what, he has. You know, somebody's moving on. Either the Lakers or Clay is moving on. But I think he'd be sad for Clay if they lost. He said yeah, that uh, they had dinner last night and they never even talked about the game. I believe that. Yeah, I would avoid. Yeah, I've had dinner too, with them before, and that's par for the course. Yeah. That is that sounds I, pretty cool. I, I I don't think I've actually ever talked basketball with Clay when I run into him at a game. <laughs> I mean, other than at the end of the game, if I have to interview him before the game, I ask him about his boat. Uh, you know, we talk about Rocco. I don't know. I've never actually asked him about basketball before a game. I just added another key for one thirty tomorrow. That'll oh, an be, eighth key? No, that'll be eleven. This is eleventh key. Eleven yeah. keys. Right. That's a lot wow. of keys, man. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. Hey, Johnny, I uh, on Friday night I saw a uh, yacht rock band called Yachtly Crew. Kind of like a boy <laughs> what band. What was it called again? It's called Yachtly Crew. Yachtly Crew, I like yeah, that. Yeah, kind of like, like, like a boy band of, of yacht rock songs. And everybody's wearing the same outfit, and they got dance moves, and the singer was really good. And uh, I got to tell you, they played every song you'd want to hear. You know, like, especially when they get to Brandy. Like, that's such a great yacht oh, rock song, Brandy, isn't it? Brandy, you're a fine girl. Yeah. Such a fine girl. Yeah. Even I know what that What a good one. wife you would be. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, like I, that you I would not yes. mind seeing Yachtly Crew. I, I think I, I, I need to investigate where they're playing next. 
All right. Well, I'm guessing I'm, it will not be here. I'm so, past. No, no, <laughs> it will be in South South Los Angeles. I would guess not. I would think they're probably LA Touring? based. Yeah, yeah. I would think they're LA based. They're, nice. I'm telling you, it's like it's like they put together like a like I don't know, just a a new kids on the block esque boy band that they just they created were, to sing yacht rock songs dancing because da- yacht rock people don't dance do uh, they? they had like little moves you know what they I mean? got like that little, little you know two step yeah little, like two little step motown thing. moves oh, you right. got it yeah, george motown right moves. there you That's go exactly yeah, right i get that i get that like motown backup singers now uh what time are the keys because i gotta i want to make right away your 415 your We're, five keys against I, our seven from earlier yeah. today uh, i mean greg says you didn't write seven but okay um but either way our five keys coming up right out of the gate we're gonna be racked right out of the gate okay and don't forget we've got four more keys tomorrow at 1 30 so yes. that's a total of 11 keys a lot of keys yeah, a lot of keys <laughs> it's a big key ring yes uh i've got to rush to my car because i want to hear what your keys to the game are and see if any of the keys are <laughs> okay. our keys and i want to hear and john common. and michael's keys when the game starts at seven o'clock absolutely so. yeah. uh we are back tomorrow at one o'clock wait wait yeah do you think slee will have some keys at 5 30 he probably have keys. michael thompson will have keys everybody's got a key okay a keys it's going a, around it's a key okay. party all right all right oh, and wait wait party. should we call key yeah, call Key. Call Key for his keys. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just picturing Sleeve at a key party. At a key party. It's perfect for Sleeve. <laughs> All right. Uh, coming up next for you, Shadano and Cappy. Lots of stupidity and lots of getting ready for game one tonight. Go Lakers back tomorrow at 1, 710 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Corner after 4 p.m. in the Southland. It is a live imaging Tuesday on yeah. Shit Out of a Cap. Yeah. The question is, Cappy, do you have the stones today? I'm going to have to reach down and find out do I got those stones. To, Otherwise, to be the most passionate Lakers fan on the radio this afternoon, do you have the stones, Cappy? Or are you gutless? I, that's the question. That is the question. Am I gutless? Guess we're going to find out. Yeah. Come on, do it. It is a Lakers game day Tuesday. Thanks to our friends at Michelob Ultra. We will walk you up to coverage 5.30 p.m. The Toyota Lakers countdown to tip off with Slee and tip off John Ireland. Michael Thompson have your play-by-play at 7 p.m. What's wrong with Shadano? Are you pouting over there or what? No, no. I'm just, uh, I didn't want to interrupt. I actually almost forgot you were on today. Oh, you forgot. Yeah. All right. Wow. I'm all fired up today. I, I really I mean, it sounds like it. I, I, I like this version. Of I don't you. know today. I don't know well, if we could do know. this today. Don't I don't what? know if I could have fun today with you guys. Why? 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 I'm fired up. Fired up for the game. Why? Because you want the Lakers to win? Probably. Although a loss would create more hope and fear. 
Oh, we'll it see. would be good for radio, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Plus, you know, Laura's all dazzled. She's all dolled up, as we used to say. Well, she, she was is? yesterday as well. I was wondering where she was going yesterday. Nowhere. Oh, no. Oh, I'll tell you where she went. You don't know? Oh, Secret lover. No, oh, do not do that. No, 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 no. Don't no. do what? No, not you. Morales. Oh, Christopher. Oh, oh. Starting rumors? Exactly. Uh, I'm dressed up because I don't want to be questioned of where I'm going. No. So now I told Greg that I'm just dressing up every day. Okay. I'm cool. putting makeup on. I still no. dress up. I just don't she put makeup on. She had the makeup on. She had the hairdo done yeah. last night. Your girl washed her hair? It was done. late night with Laura on Instagram. That's ex- yeah. Let me tell you something, man. She was looking good last night, all made up, hair done. Except one weird thing, though, Laura, Wait. about late night. Uh-huh. Was, Laura, you, Laura you, doesn't have to like do her hair and put her makeup on to look good. That's not. No, no I'm just like, saying she took it to the next level. Girl, you but look apparently, good all the time. Thank you. Appreciate but, that. But she apparently cannot be like as honest as she likes to be when doing late night with Laura on Instagram from her mother's house. This is true. <laughs> Very true. You can't say certain things, you know, like that you could say when you, you live go, on your side. Can you go outside? I mean, it's dark. Can you, you want an see example? Well, because we were talking about, like, you know, sex, and I can't do that with my parents listening and stuff. It's weird. I mean, Oh, hey, they you, listen. You, 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 well, they're, the... like, girl, they, they listen. They listen. <laughs> well, didn't they listen when you had your own apartment? No, they're not on Instagram like that. They're, like, I'm... Oh, they're they're watching live. Yes. They're, 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 they're watching her perform. Yes. They gotcha. got cups <laughs> to the walls listening. <laughs> yeah. So. All weird. Very weird start to this show. Anyways. Yeah, no doubt. For Let's sure, not where I expected it. No, Sorry, go. Guys, no, no. Forward. I mean, I mean, Christopher, if you want to, you want to, you want to, you want to add anything else, or are you good? Well, here's what I'm going to add. Yeah. Are you going to be gutless in Southern California, or are you going to be there Friday for our Cinco de Mayo fiesta party, party, oh party at Solita off the 57 Freeway, Catella Avenue in the city of Anaheim, where the Hooters used to be? It's going to be a party. Cappy and I are going to do body shots once we're done, and then stroll over to the Angels game, right, Cappy? You got that right, partner. I can't wait. Although I'm doing the hardcore keto, so it's just tequila. I can't have any carbs or anything. Okay, yeah, yeah. I got you. But you can carry me uh, at the game if I'm falling, up, you know, if I'm passed out. Well, we're going to give away Angels tickets there at Solita, and then everybody can go over to the game, and then when we get off the air at 7 o'clock after the body shots, then we're going to come join everybody at the game. Right. And you know what else, what else we got? We're going to have tickets to the sold-out Mandy Awards. So if you want to get in, if you haven't bought your tickets because you can't buy them because they're sold out, Come to Solita on Friday. Party with us. The Circle of Trust is going to be there. Crypto Ray will give you Bitcoin advice, maybe. Or crypto advice, whatever it is. Right. Do your own well, research. It's going to be yeah. a party. You know on Cinco de Mayo, we know how to throw down. The great Janice Garcia, our old friend, just walked in, and she was part of many of those Cinco de Mayo events that we did, where Chris had to go sleep in his car during the, the midday show. Whoa. Okay? <laughs> so now, Shidano, I give it back to you. All right, Laura, hit the music. All right, Cappy, people are listening in. There are many people listening right now, as you like to say, millions in Southern California, wondering why are these people talking about late night on Instagram or sex or... Because we're uh, nervous. Passing out in their car on Cinco de Mayo. Like, we should be talking Lakers today. It's pregame nerves, George. Can't help it. The Lakers are playing the defending champion Golden State Warriors. LeBron James versus Steph Curry. Anthony Davis versus the world, okay? Let's get into this. The five most important things in this series. Are you ready? I'm ready. Give me number one. Number one. Number number five. Numero uno, as they like to say. Here we go. All right? Anthony Davis needs to dominate on both ends. At the very least, on, on defense, he needs to control the pace of this game. And I would say it would be nice on offense if he can match 
what Steph Curry is doing on the other side. Notice I put him and Steph Curry in that same sentence. Well, George, I'll tell you this right now. Um, If you go back in the Lakers season and you go back to March 5th, that's when the Lakers played the Warriors. Anthony Davis scored 39 points in that game. That was the, the last co- time they played, yes. Right. The, the, over the course of the next 14 games, the Lakers won 10 of the 14 games. In those 14 games, Anthony Davis was the leading scorer nine times, including 40 points against Houston, which was on Sunday, April 2nd. And then LeBron started to come back, and things started to change. Anthony Davis has to go back to being that 30-plus per night guy that he was from Sunday, March 5th to Sunday, April 2nd. All right, next key. LeBron's demeanor in this series has to change from the one in the previous series. Now, you're probably wondering, what the hell does that mean, right? What does that mean? What it means is basically his offensive shot chart needs to change. And LeBron in that series was willing to, you know, I'm not saying he didn't go in the paint, but Lindsey will can attest to this. LeBron is at his best when he is attacking the paint. Okay, I think everybody knows this, but per- Lindsey particularly because she's seen his entire career from the beginning till now, and he settled at times for a lot of threes in that series against Memphis. And I don't think you can do that in this series for a number of reasons. Number one, the shot comes and goes at this stage of his career and in this season in particular. And it also creates long rebounds, which means it puts the Lakers in a disadvantage because their one kryptonite on defense is transition defense, and those long rebounds means transition points for the Warriors who want to play fast anyway. So LeBron's demeanor needs to change. Time to put the lunch pail in one hand, put the hard hat on, and drive into the paint constantly. Put pressure on the defense. Yeah, When LeBron is taking all these three-point shots, you just kind of start to get the sense that he's tired and he doesn't want to drive the lane. Oh, no, it, it, because it's hard to drive. Like, it does take a lot of effort to do that. Yes. It, this is one of these times where this is it. You got to lay it all on the line. Um, there is no tomorrow. And every other cliche that you want to use, he has to know what is the strength of his game versus the weakness of their defense. And that's what he's going to have to do. And look, he's just going to have to figure out how to recover every, every day, every day after games. So I'm with you. I understand exactly what you're saying. He should not be standing outside just bombing threes all day. Right. I'm not saying he can't take threes. I'm just saying that the the majority of that shot chart needs to be in the paint. All right, keep next. Going. Yeah. Number three, the Lakers' defense will be tested in ways it wasn't against Memphis, okay? And what I mean by that is this. The Memphis Grizzlies are a team that attacks the paint, like to play in transition, but have zero threat outside of Luke Kennard from three consistently. Maybe Desmond Bain, I'll give you that. I, mean, I know yeah, that did jo- have a monster game. Yeah, I know that. Well, Desmond Bain's a good three-point shooter. But those two, and that's pretty much it, and they barely played Kennard, okay? This team, on the other hand, can, if they want to, play five out when Looney is not on the floor, okay? Uh, not that Draymond is the most effective three-point shooter, but you at least have to sort of respect him from out there. So... This team is going to be tested. Their defense is going to be stretched in ways it wasn't stretched in the Memphis series. They could pack the paint mostly. Anthony Davis could just kind of patrol the paint. Uh, LeBron could be close to the paint. That's not going to be the case here. As anyone who's watched the Warriors play know, uh, they know that Steph Curry is going to stretch that thing from 30 feet at times, and you're going to have to be willing and capable to do that. Um, Go ahead if you have anything to add. Well, yes, of course I do. Um, Come on, George. Look, 
if the Lakers want to get into a three-point shooting contest with the Warriors, that's a recipe to lose this whole thing. All the data tells you how good the Warriors are at shooting three-pointers and, by the way, creating three-point shot opportunities. So they take the most and they make the most. The Lakers are not that. They, they cannot get into a three-point war with the Warriors. Period. All right, next, number four. D'Angelo Russell will have a ton of pressure on him. Not only does he have the contractual pressure on him, but as I mentioned to you yesterday, the Warriors know him, okay? They had him, all right? So they understand his strengths and his weaknesses, and they will prey on those weaknesses. To me in the NBA, particularly in the playoffs, you are only as strong as your weakest link. And I think that D'Angelo Russell, particularly on defense, is their weakest link. I don't think there's a legit matchup that you can put him on defensively where I'd be like, all right, cool I think he's okay there because what are you going to do you're going to put him on Steph good luck with that he's going to get cooked you're going to put him on Clay I don't love that either I think Clay would cook him um Andrew Wiggins too big um and everyone else is too big I mean are you going to park him on Draymond maybe um because you can't do it on Looney he's immense so I think they have a big problem with D'Angelo Russell if D'Angelo Russell is not hitting shots on the offensive end I think you may have to not play him very much in this series well that's that's the whole thing here is that he's going to have to make his contribution by scoring. I mean, by all accounts, D'Angelo Russell is considered the weak link of the Lakers' defense. And all the names you talk about, all those perimeter names that you were just talking about, he's not likely going to be a great defender all of a sudden against those guys. So for D'Angelo Russell, he has to score. And I'll tell you, George, it'll be one game. It won't be every game. It'll be one game where D'Angelo Russell comes up huge. And that's, of course, goes back to my 1-1-2 theory about AD has to have one, LeBron has to have one, and the team has to have two. Keep going. Last one, the Steph conundrum. Who the hell guards Steph Curry? I know people, Laker fans out there, people in the Sedano and Cap Circle of Trust, and you can also be part of the Sedano and Cap Circle of Trust by going to Twitter, going to their community section, type in Sedano and Cap into the search bar, and you'll find it there. You'll see 1,400 people chatting at the same time. Uh, maybe not at the same time, but you get the point. And you hear, oh, Jared Vanderbilt will do it, or Austin Reeves will do it. Well, here's my point. Both guys, good defenders, but good luck trying to corral Steph Curry, okay? He's one of the greatest scorers of all time. He's the best shooter of all time. He stretches the floor in a way, as we discussed, that very few, if any, have ever done or can do in this sport. And whoever's going to guard him is probably going to pick up some fouls, okay? So you're going to have to... Th- throw completely different looks at him on a very regular basis you can't just say oh this one guy is gonna guard him that's not gonna happen yeah I mean look you're, you're probably looking at a variety of players going at him you mentioned Vanderbilt Reeves Schroeder I'll tell you just one other wild card and this is just me kind of going a little bit deeper onto the bench if you need to foul Steph Curry send Lonnie Walker out there to do it he, he's athletic enough to keep up and you don't need him for anything else other than to take fouls. So I'm just throwing that wild card at you, George. All right, that is uh, our five keys. Again, if you missed it, go to the Sedano and Cap podcast. You can uh, find it wherever you find podcasts. For sure, leave a five-star review, and uh, particularly on Apple Podcasts, and leave a comment. I don't care what you put in the comments, but just, you know, five stars. I don't care. Don't do one star. Don't be a jerk. Don't do two. That's cheap. That's like bad tipping. Three is just like whatever. Nobody wants whatever. Four is like good, but nobody wants to be good. We want to be great. And we think we do a great job for you each and every day. Five stars on that B, okay? If you don't give five stars, you know what you should do? Go to hell. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. It is a live imaging Tuesday on Shit Out of a Cap. It's also National Life Insurance Day. Remember, Cappy, the life you save may just be your own. And on this day, back in 1981, the number one hit, Sheena Easton, taking that morning train, sucker. Nice. This song's Great jam. I- we just talked about this song the other day, Cap. Right. It just came up. Well, you know, I, know I take why. the morning train. I get on that train from Anaheim, take it to Union Station. Like This morning, I think it was 6.15. Bam! Then, boom, you're at Union. So she's singing the song about you. Maybe. And then you take the subway over to the, the, the Red Line. That's where I saw Beto and Whittier yesterday, getting ready to the, get on the Red Line. I did see that you guys uh, were on the Hold train. Hold on, here comes the hook. Okay, here comes the hook, Cappy. Meanwhile, we continue with shit out of it, Cap. Get you ready for Lakers basketball right now. Two, five, and then. Thank you, Christopher. Takes another. So, Cappy, we spent a lot of time over the last couple of weeks talking about Dylan Brooks. Yeah. And, um, you know, the report came out today, Sham Sharania, that the, um, the Grizzlies will not bring him back under any circumstance. And I understand that. I get it. Like, he, you know, he's not the right fit, and he's also just a free agent, right? Like, it just, he's been there for a while. I get it. It doesn't work. They need more skill on that team than what he provides. However, I don't like the way it was put out there. Um, you know, it's not Shams' fault. He's getting this from the uh, the you know the team, right? Mm-hmm. Because it makes it seem like Dylan Brooks is the only reason they lost that series against the Lakers. And I would say there are a lot of reasons besides Dylan Brooks, which is the obvious one um, because of how loud it was with him and LeBron. Um, and, and look, I was critical of him yesterday. Like, don't, you know, you talk when you win, you don't talk when you lose, but that wasn't just him. Like the leader of that team, uh, John Morant also, uh, did not play great in that series the entire time he had some moments. Uh, and honestly, that team just needs a whole dose of maturity. I just didn't like the way that Dylan Brooks, while he is certainly culpable, was made to look like the only reason that they lost in this statement. 
Yeah, well, look, the uh, the Grizzlies did not appreciate what Dylan Brooks did, which was bring a lot of attention to them negatively because he decided that he wanted to you know, go after LeBron. And it's okay. Go after LeBron. I mean, say the things you say because it's good for you to become a star. But you got to back this stuff up. And you made us all kind of look like jerks. And yeah, he. Well, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Yes, he did. But they, they, they do that. They don't, they're not, he's not doing that by himself. No, no. But he's, he's the guy who became the face guy of this whole thing with them. And look, he had his opportunity to sign with Memphis uh, way before the season. They extended John Morant. They extended Steven Adams. They extended uh, four guys. And he actually was the one of the five that said, nah, I don't really want to do that. I'll go test free agency. Well, he opened his mouth. His game did not cover for his mouth. And now the Grizzlies are, in some ways, George, they are scapegoating him. I mean, so whether no, you no, like it, it or you it don't is. like it, there's, I mean, that's, no, look, that's what two they're things, doing. Two things can be true at once, as you know. And, th- yes, he is culpable for his own actions. There's no doubt. But they are absolutely scapegoating him. Not right. kind of. They are well, scapegoating and, and, him. And why? For, for a couple of reasons. One, when they, gave, when, but, but the, when they gave uh, everybody a, a chance to sign an extension, four of the guys said yes, and he was the one guy that said no. So they probably already knew that because he didn't sign with them, that he was going to be gone anyway. Then open your mouth, don't back it up, and kind of make us look, again, Your behavior makes us look a certain way. John Morant's behavior during the season made the organization look a certain way. You know what? We don't really want to look that way. You're not coming back. By the way, he'll find a job. No problem. Actually, he should go to the Dallas Mavericks because they could use someone like him, to be honest with you. But um, because they they have plenty of skill, they need some actual grit. Um, But my thing is this. You're blaming Dylan Brooks for your culture. Your culture is established by a by your organization, not your player. That to me is my that's the issue I have. I understand. I get what you're saying. I'm just putting myself in the organization's shoes, which is, dude, you did a lot of talking. He's right. old. I don't respect him unless he drops 40 on me. By the way, he wasn't the only guy talking because after they won game 5, they were like guaranteeing that they were coming back to play game 7, and it wasn't just Dylan Brooks doing the talking. All of them did. Desmond Bain did a lot of it, too. You know? But in the end, it's like, I want John Morant. I think he's going to grow up. I like a Desmond Bain. That guy can shoot the lights out. I want to get a guy like Steven Adams healthy. How about Dylan Brooks? Nah, not really. Don't want him on our team anymore. Yeah, I just didn't like the way it came out. Well, who are you going to call and complain to? Are you going to call the organization? Are you going to tell Um TPR? I mean, if I had a chance to talk to somebody in the organization, I would tell them I, the way you guys handled that at the end was pretty bad. Like, you, you should be above that. You're the organization. I don't really see what they did that's so bad. This is professional They scapegoated sports. him. You called it. You said it. Yeah, but I... He's not the only reason. You know why, they, why they're immature? Because for three years, they've enabled that culture to be what it is. It's not just because Dylan Brooks was there. No, but he's he's the easy guy out because he don't have a contract anymore. Correct, but yeah. that's my point. Scapegoating happens all the time. You know, like a team decides to fire their coach, and it's like, wait, was he the guy that was out there that couldn't catch that pass in the corner of the end zone that hit him right in the hands? No, he wasn't the guy. Got to fire somebody. People get scapegoated. Dylan yeah. Brooks got scapegoated. By the does way, he brought it, a lot does, of it on does himself. Does it mean it's right? If, you know? I mean, to me. I mean, when you, you know, I mean, what? if the team. If if you if the team lost, let's say you when you were in college, yeah. you missed a field goal, right? Okay. 
but the, your quarterback threw two pick sixes. Yeah. But they scapegoated you. Yeah. Like, yeah, that damn kicker. You you know you end up losing by two or something. They blame you. Yeah. Why is I it your blame, fault? I would. Blame I would have blamed too. the no. I would have blamed the quarterback. I said, why'd you throw two pick sixes? Well, I would have blamed me. I would have taken it very hard, George. I let my teammates down. Dylan Brooks let his teammates down. He he talked a big game and couldn't back it up. And then LeBron just just treated him like a little child. Just walked up to him before the game. Yeah, got in his I, face. I, no, I, listen, and all that stuff is deserved. All I'm saying is, if you're the organization, you need to do better than that. Oh, like you, do better, organization. I like yeah, that. Do you, better. You enabled that that culture on that team. All right. It wasn't just Dylan Brooks. Let's not All be. Right. Well, that's not how sports works. Dylan okay? Brooks should do better too. I mean, if you're gonna hundred percent, if you're gonna wear Listen, that gear and you're gonna talk that smack, then back it up, Jack. Uh huh. Again, two things can be true at once. I like to say Jack at the end of things like that. I know. You know? Like when I'm really like, like dishing out, or something. like when I'm dishing out the orders on that. Like yeah. you got to bag it up, Jack. You know, um, not Dylan. Well, bag Darvin is gonna have to back it up in this series because the head coach. Um, that matchup is a worrisome matchup for me at the moment. Well, I uh, can't blame you. I mean, just, just the numbers alone. Um, Steve Kerr, in his career, has coached 97 playoff games, of which he's won 60 of them. That's an eight-year career as a head coach in the NBA. Darvin Ham has won, I think the grand total is four, and as an assistant coach, you throw in a bunch of others, this guy's coached in like, I don't know, 15, 16 NBA playoff games and has only been a head coach for like four wins. So you're talking about Steve Kerr, who's been there, done that, seen it all, won championships, et cetera, versus Darvin Ham, who is this is this is this is rookie voyage right here, Jack. Yeah. Another Jack made, right there. And he's made another Jack. Yeah. He's made some rookie mistakes during the season and he's made some even during the playoffs already. But this is, you know, this isn't the Memphis Grizzlies. You know what I mean? Like, this is the defending champs. They're, he needs to be on his P's and Q's in this one as much as I love him. So, George, when I do an NFL football game broadcast on radio, mm-hmm. before I do the games, I always try and figure out who do I think is going to win. And the way I try and figure that out is I try and do a little handicapping. I always look through the tail of the tape, and I right. try and figure out. And, and mostly, uh, the most important stat for me going into an NFL football game is turnovers because generally speaking in the NFL, whoever wins the turnover battle wins the game. I mean, it's like 80%, you know? So mm-hmm. I'm looking at the tail of the tape between right. the Lakers and the Warriors, and what I'm are you, trying Nick to. Mackay? Well, I'm trying. I'm trying to come up with something here, yeah. trying to figure something out here because when I see a team that, for example, field goal percentage, right? The Warriors are third in the NBA, they shoot 57%. The Lakers are 18th, they shoot 54%. That's. From third to eighteenth is a long ways to go, but it's really only three percent. Can I can I rest on that? Um, assist percentage. The Warriors are number one in the NBA, whereas the Lakers are twentieth. Okay, you mentioned this stat the other day. Pace. The Warriors are number one in the NBA in pace, whereas the Lakers are fourth in pace. I'm just looking around trying to find a number here that I can say is the advantage of the Lakers. And then I come back to my most important statistic when I go to football, turnover percentage. The Lakers are 11th in the league in turnovers at 13 per game, and the Warriors are 29th, almost dead last in the league, at 16 turnovers per game. If my turnover theory works, George, where 80% of the time the team that wins the turnover battle wins the game, 
the Lakers can win this series by having fewer turnovers. How's that for analysis, pal? <laughs> Not bad, Jack. <laughs> uh, but what I would say is that Warriors are always near the bottom in turnovers. Yeah, I was trying to get the numbers to work for me, not against me. So help me yeah. out here, will you? Yeah, they're they're generally near the bottom in turnovers. Yeah. They turn the ball over a lot. Well, it's kind of their thing. Trying to figure, I'm trying to come it, up with ways like, to convince they're like myself. A, they're like a volatile stock. You know what I mean? There's a lot. They pay big dividends. You know what I mean? Like in the sense of like when they go, when the thing rises, it goes wild. Like you know, it's it's a you know it's a ten bagger. You know what I mean? Well, I'm just trying to find a way to convince myself that the Lakers are going to win this series. I got the Lakers winning it. Oh, I know you have I, I made this your prediction. Huge toss-up series. Like honestly, like I I don't even know which way to go. To be well, honest with you, it's that big a toss-up at the moment. I, I will give you my official prediction. I know you have not made an official. Okay, prediction. well, make make that on the other side or somewhere before we're done because we got Slee on the spot next, and you got to tell people about Yamava. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Quarter before 5 p.m. Hold on, Slee. I got to do this rejoin, man. On this day in 1987, Whitney released the song, I Want to Dance with Somebody. Yeah. Slee, yeah. you smelled my cologne earlier. Yeah, I did. Do you want to dance real quick? I mean, I don't, know if them, we, I don't know if we could do that on a Lakers day. We're, we're getting ready for pregame. We don't want to, you know, shake It might up loosen up the mood a little bit. Might be a good idea. You, you, you do your, put your one leg up on the table. We're social, man. You see wow. That, Ooh, yeah, you got cowboy boots on. You see that grind, Slee? Thing is, I don't think people understand his flexibility. He's been, <laughs> Cap, I don't know if you know this, but Morales does yoga. And it's been brought up a couple times, and I don't know if people believe him or not, but the way you just put that leg up is a man that does yoga. You're impressed by that flexibility, are you, Slee? You didn't Very expect impressed. it from a man of my size. <laughs> Meeting my North American cut, as Travis says. Of course, you host Travis and Slee, but more importantly, coming up in a less than an hour, 5.30 p.m., the Toyota Lakers countdown to tip-off. Right now, it's time for Slee on the spot with shit out of a cap. Slee, I didn't know I didn't know about all this Whitney Houston stuff with you. I mean, you I heard the show the other day. You guys were getting into it with Christopher. I I'm very impressed with oh, your when, when they lose. Yeah, because he he brings Adele on when the Lakers lose. Yes, it very right. completely understand it. And one time I said, hey, can you mix in a little Whitney? And you wanted where do heart, uh, broken hearts go? Right. Yeah. So then, how he, do they find their way home? And then <laughs> he merged the two together. He still got his Adele, and then I got Whitney at the end. Excellent. Now, yeah. before we get to Slee on the spot, I want to tell people Coors Light and Topo Chico are giving you the chance to see Shohei, Trout, and the rest of the Angels play the Texas Rangers on Cinco de Mayo with uh, Cappy and the crew. Uh, right. Here's how here's how you can win right now. Call 877-710-ESPN. That's 877-710-3776. Caller number seven wins. A four-pack of tickets to watch the game with Cappy and the rest of the 710 family immediately following our uh, pregame festivities. Uh, on Cinco de Mayo at Solita in Anaheim. So uh, caller seven right now wins uh, some tickets to see the Angels game. So And Chris Morales, you and me getting done with the broadcast Friday at Solita. You mentioned body shots. And then immediately, thanks to Coors Light, 
right over to the Angels game to hang out with all the 710 listeners, correct? You know, you're five minutes. You know this personally. You will be five minutes from my house, so we mm-hmm. can stumble back to my mm-hmm. house. Probably going to okay. need to do that. You know what I mean? Yep. And we can continue Ooh. the body shots back at the house. Probably going to need to do Smoke that. Smoke a cigar. Ah. Uh. You can do a little after party at Morales's. Really? Yeah. Let's do it. Party, well, party, old party okay, at the after can. party. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Slee, here are, the, here are some keys to the game that we had, all right, uh, to the series. AD needs to dominate. LeBron's shot demeanor needs to change, which means he needs to go to the basket more. Lakers' defense will be tested in ways it wasn't against Memphis, so they need to be sharper than they've been in the past. Uh, D'Lo's going to have a ton of pressure on him, particularly on defense, and the St- Steph Curry is going to be a conundrum. It doesn't matter who guards him. They're going to have to throw a million looks at him because no one's going to actually be able to guard him and shut him down. Where are your keys right now? Okay, so I will say that I think something that stands out to me that we haven't got a chance to see, at least at this level, this stage, all these role players that the Lakers have. Um, Austin Reeves has never been this deep in the playoffs, even though I got a ton of confidence in Austin Reeves, but let's see what he looks like. Um, Guys like Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, we'll see how much they're used. Uh, Well, I know they're going to be used. I guess Beasley's the question of how much he's going to be used. Rui Hachimura started out the series really, really well against Memphis in round one. What do you have, 29 and then 20? Um, But things will eventually average out. How do the Lakers role players match up to a lot of those guys from the Golden State Warriors who they're battle-tested, right? They, they've been there. They've done that. They won an NBA championship. I I, I look at games. You mentioned D'Angelo Russell and just how, how much pressure is going to be on him just on the defensive side. But a lot of these Laker players, can they – they don't even have to play, or they're probably going to have to do this against the Warriors – play above what their average is? What does it look like when you know, you're know you going back and forth? And this isn't the Memphis Grizzlies. It's a much different opponent. The mistakes that you can get away with against Memphis, you're not going to be able to get away with against Golden State. So that, to me, uh, I'm very curious to see how that plays out. Yeah, but, you know, Slee, I was telling George, and I look back at the schedule, and, you know, starting in early March when the Lakers played the Warriors, they won that game that day, 113-105. AD had 39 points. In the next 14 games, the Lakers went 10-4, and four, and AD led the scoring in nine of those games. Many of those mm-hmm. games were in the high 30s. As much as we've seen him contribute defensively, every game he's got to be the guy. You know, and, and listen, you'll get, a, you'll get a night from Rui or from Reeves or from, from D'Angelo, you hope. But there can't be 12 or 13 point performances from Anthony Davis if the Lakers are going to win this series. So Trav and I were, were talking a little bit about this this morning, that if he played, let's just say you take exactly what he did against Memphis, and that's his performance against the Warriors. Is that enough to beat the Warriors? And I think we would all agree it's not. He was unbelievable on defense. 26 blocks on defense in a six-game set. It's still, that math doesn't make any sense to me, but he was unbelievable on defense. But offensively, Cap, you're right. You can't have these swings. It's not like he had 31 and then 25 or 25 and 38. He had a yeah, swings there where 13, 15 points, that's not going to be enough. And then a lot of that's also going to depend what are some of the role players doing. But um, that, that means Anthony Davis is going to have to do something different than he did in the Memphis series, that the competition is going to get better, the competition is going to get smarter, and he's going to have to raise his game. And I, I do agree because we all saw, saw the Lakers 
in the Orlando bubble win a championship, and Anthony Davis was excellent, but he didn't have swings like this offensively where it was as high as it was and as low as it was. Well, look, I think in the first series, I don't think enough people are talking about the fact that he was mostly being guarded by the defensive player of the year, right? Like, I don't think that's a small thing that he was going up against uh, in in Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, I'm curious to see how he looks in this series. I know Draymond is a previous defensive player of the year, but Jaron Jackson Jr., while not Anthony Davis, uh, is closer to him physically than Draymond Green is. Now, Draymond Green has a certain level of savvy that Anthony, uh, that uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. does not have. And they also have Kevon Looney. I don't think it's just going to be a one-on-one matchup. I think they're going to they're gonna see uh, multiple defenders at Anthony Davis in that scenario. But I think he should have a more consistent offensive series in this series because he doesn't have that matchup. Yeah, and I think there's also this. I think, you know, you, you look at... Kavon Looney was in that last series against the Kings. It was Sabonis who, um, from I, I guess you could say, just from a perspective of who they were taking on bigs, it's going to be much more challenging for the Golden State Warriors because they got to deal with Anthony Davis. But they are going to, they'll have that opportunity to kind of give him some different looks. We'll see if, and I don't think it's going to happen, but there'll be times they go smaller lineups and how is that going to force Anthony Davis kind of run a little bit around the floor? Um, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But I, I, I think. What he did defensively against Memphis, amazing. It's probably going to be a lot different against the Warriors because the Warriors are going to be much more um, dependent on the perimeter than they are going to be inside. John Morant wanted to go inside. There was a lot of damage done inside. So uh, I think we'll all keep an eye on that. All right, Slee, you're on the spot. You know, Malik Beasley hasn't been overly impressive, certainly not in the last series. George and I have been talking today about D'Angelo Russell, that he could be a defensive liability, so scoring is you know where he can make his contribution. Is there anybody else on this roster that you can come up with that in this series can maybe like come off the bench and give you something? Like I was saying earlier, Lonnie Walker, have him just foul Steph. I'm just giving ideas here. Is there another name? So uh, first off, I think the Lonnie is not – I don't think that's crazy. I don't. I, I think Lonnie Walker, if he gets some opportunities, I wouldn't be shocked or surprised if he does. Um, maybe that's going to depend on just, hey, Beasley's still not shooting well. He's not consistent, so then they use him. Dennis Schroeder is he's, – he's one of the – you guys remember the playing tournament where um, D'Angelo's not having a good game. Dennis Schroeder eats up a lot of those minutes, hits the big shot in the corner – Schroeder's been in the league for a while. I, I don't think there's going to be a moment for Dennis Schroeder where he looks like he's not, he's uncomfortable in the moment. I think there's going to be a lot of times when he's into, he's probably going to pick up Steph Curry full court, uh, just kind of do anything he can to try to slow him down, whether he's successful or not. But Schroeder, I, I think, could be a key piece in this series. We, we know what D'Angelo has to do, but if, if Schroeder can have a couple games where maybe you're not expecting it, where he has more contributions than, uh, than, than anticipated. Alan Slee, well, we'll have your pregame in 34 minutes. Slee, bring home a win, pal. Thank you, buddy. What, is your, uh, what is your official prediction on the series, Slee? Well, I, I do think, Sedano, what you said about this is as close as one way or the other, I agree with. And I, I think we'll get a chance to see game one and see if we just have a better idea. I'll go Lakers in seven. I said Lakers in seven against Memphis. It worked, even though I was wrong. So I'll go Lakers in seven against Memphis. You know Warriors. what, Cappy? Yep, tell me. Sedano and I just had a Jordan and Pippen moment. He <laughs> tossed it to me, and then you came out of nowhere and said, you just grabbed the ball out of my hand. He was coach. Yeah, you. <laughs> no, you're like, not even coach. It's like like Rodman tried to yeah, grab yeah. the ball and shoot it from go. three. There like, you go. What are you doing? Say, so compliment me. Give trying me Rodman. Trying to go to break. Well, I mean, Rodman's we're trying to go to break. Comp- I had the music. Jordan, I mean, 
Sedano just laid into my hand and I was ready to do the whole bit. Tonight, I hope there are no broken hearts, Lee. But if there are, we'll play this in the morning, yeah, 10 a.m. And then here came Cappy out of nowhere. Hey, With a rebound. The, what's the prediction, man? Well, yeah, I mean, seriously, this isn't 1997. We don't need a prediction from everyone. <laughs> well, what do you mean? You were ESPN.com asked you for your prediction. And I said, I don't need one. And you didn't give it to him. And you, you said, Cappy, you you've been us. telling us you're going to give us a prediction for two days. Maybe. Good night, everyone.